look up and take heart see the glory of heaven burn bright hear the anthem of joy and good news hope is dawned in a stable
Yeah.
Good morning, church. Welcome. You know, there are a lot of things changing in our lives around us. Um, this virus is just everywhere, and everybody, a lot of people are homesick, which is why you're looking around and not seeing a lot of folks. Um, so if you're home watching us on live stream, welcome. Um, there's going to be more of you than there has been in the past because we've got a lot of folks that are homesick. So thanks for joining us online if you're doing so. Uh, thanks join us here in the room, um, but despite all the things that are going on around us, despite um, the virus that's going everywhere and that's infecting so many, there's hope. And so it, as we begin our time of worship together, let's stand to our feet here and at home, and uh, we're going to speak this hope to each other. This comes from Psalm 108, starting in verse 1. We're just going to read this aloud all at the same time. And so let's encourage one another with God's word from Psalm 108. My heart is confident, God. I will sing, I will sing praises with the whole of my being. Wake up, harp and lyre. I will wake up the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your faithful love is higher than the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. God, be exalted above the heavens, and let your glory be over the whole earth. Amen. Let's worship together. and praise all creatures of our God and King lift up your voice and with us sing oh praise him alleluia thou burning sun with golden beam thou silver moon softer gleam Oh praise Him Oh praise Him Alleluia 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 Oh 
good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. For some of us, that might look like entering into a relationship with God. For others, it might look joining, like joining a local church or being baptized. For others, it might look like entering into a mentor relationship. Whatever it looks like, we want to encourage all of us to take our next steps toward Christ. Well, my name is Alan, and it is such a joy to join once again with all of you in worship today. What an honor it is to join with us together. If you're a guest with us today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining. We would love to get to know you. One way we can do that is if you would fill out a Connect card. It looks like this. It's sitting in the back of the pew right in front of you. If you pull that out and, and write in there what it, what it says on those lines, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, you can go through these central doors, turn left. You'll see our next steps desk. There you can turn that Connect card in. A person at the desk will be happy to answer any questions that you may have, and they'd love to give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you're here. As usual, we like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is if you grab a card that looks like this right in front of you. This is called an online giving card. You can see that QR code there. You can scan that with your cell phone. That'll take you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall here. You can drop a gift in. You can also come into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4.30, or Friday 9 to noon, if you, if, if you, if you prefer to. Or you can write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 41048. All right, well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to please pray with me. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for who you are. You are awesome. And powerful. You're the creator God, and yet you love and care for our deepest needs. The smallest things you still see and you know. You know the brokenness in our lives, and you care. Thank you that that's the kind of God that we worship. Father, this morning we pray for our, our core value of biblical faithfulness. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word, the gift of the Bible, that you've not been silent toward us, but you have spoken to us through the pages of the Bible and through these very pages written thousands of years ago by many different authors, some of who never knew each other in different languages, you tell us your grand narrative. You reveal to us who you are. You reveal to us your heart to save those who are broken and lost, each and every one of us. Thank you, God. Lord, your words are like a wonderful love letter. And we pray that as we read your word, that you would draw us near to you, that you would let us value your word more and more, that we would be faithful to it. I pray that your word would come up in conversations that we have with each other, that it would just be so organic as we meet in life groups and mentoring relationships, as families doing family worship, Lord, that your word would just be a part of our very DNA. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let us be more and more faithful to it. Lord, we pray this morning not only for ourselves, but we pray for those worshiping you this morning at Redeeming Life Church out in Utah. We pray you'd bless Pastor Brian Catherman and his wife Lisa. Bless this church to continue to be a bright light in a dark place. We pray that you would use them in a mighty way, that you would destroy Satan's plans and use this church to draw people to Jesus, that people would go from death to life encountering him through this local body of believers. Thank you, Lord, for Redeeming Life Church. Lord, we also come to you with, with many health needs. As Pastor Mark mentioned earlier, COVID seems to have increased in its cases in our area, and we pray for healing. 
Lord, we pray for those who are members of Hebrew Baptist Church and who are staying at home today, quarantining or experiencing sickness. We ask that you would bring healing. We pray for those in northern Kentucky, Lord, who are going through COVID or other illnesses. We ask that you'd bring healing. Lord, we pray for uh, doctors and nurses and local hospitals, that you would give them wisdom and that you would renew their strength, Lord. Thank you for them. Please bless them. We pray for continued breakthrough and help. Lord, please be with families of loved ones who are passing away or who are sick. We pray that in the midst of this broken time that you would be right at the center and that we would experience a deeper relationship with you, that your good news would go forth, that people would see how great you are even in brokenness. We pray specifically this morning for Lance Nelson's wife recovering from surgery. We pray you continue to be with her and Lance as he cares for her. Please bring healing. And we pray for Linda Davis and her family. Lord, we ask that you would continue to walk with them and bring healing to Linda. We come to you, Father, finally with our greatest need, our greatest brokenness, and that is the sin in our hearts, in our lives, that separates us from you. As we just reflect, Lord, on our own lives, we can't help but confess of sin, Lord, of things that we've done, of pride, of lust, of selfishness, of laziness. Lord, forgive us, please, we ask, for these and so many more sins. And we thank you that your response to our sin is to send your son Jesus to die in our place, a death he didn't deserve, but that we do deserve. Thank you, Lord, for his willing sacrifice, for his passion for you, for his love for his people. We pray that you would wash us clean of our sin in his precious blood, and that you would give us new life in the power of his resurrection. We praise you for all you've done, and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we continue to praise the Lord for his abounding goodness to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Let's do as the song says. Let's cast our mind to Calvary. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone, Messiah still and all alone.
sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints my days transfixed on Jesus
turn our attention to the screen as we grab a seat and watch this movie together. First mission trip to Salt Lake and the incredible sense of, of heaviness and almost oppression that I felt in visiting the Temple Square, the great need of the gospel there. So I took my first uh, short-term uh, mission trip in 2015. Um, many of you may know we went to, went to India, uh, backpacking into the mountains in Andhra Pradesh. I remember driving by a lot of these villages on the way up and I was... It, it dawned on me that the, the lostness that was present in each of these villages as we as we traveled up and and when I returned, I remember telling someone a story about driving up that mountain and really feeling like feeling the lostness and and uh, it was really impactful when the response was, "Well, how do you feel driving in your own neighborhood?" And uh, I think when I got back from that, and she can say uh, for certain, but when I got back from that, I was I wanted to do more, and I I, I the Lord was just tugging at my heart to to continue to go. And he also tugged at my heart on continuing to do what I had done abroad, doing that at home. And so uh, I have to admit that I've, I've not seen the worst of conditions, but full-time missions is a struggle wherever it's done, and I've seen many people doing it well. And this has greatly influenced my prayer life and my giving life. ...and was able to do um, four international trips to Spanish-speaking countries. And, um, and I didn't speak much, much Spanish. And so oftentimes people wonder, well, if I don't speak the language, what am I going, how, what, what good am I going to be? Well, I, I took probably 500 blood pressures each time in Honduras that I went on those trips. And, um, and I was able to use what little Spanish I had to just show, to just show the people God's love. And because, because I was one of the ones there doing <clears throat> some of the, non-evangelistic work other people could do their jobs there and could pastor and um, and share the gospel in, in different ways and use the spanish that they had fantastic moment on a train in the london area watching some of our youth talk to strangers about jesus and just having some small part in that any part uh was just overjoying and that's what I love so much about missions. I think that the person who was changed the most in all of those trips was me. And, um, and I think that that definitely spurred my desire to, um, to do this full time. Uh, not only do missionaries need people on the field to, to support in various ways, maybe to teach pastors or to, um, or to help um, bring people into a new church or evangelize or pray, prayer walk or different things like that. Missionaries on the field need encouragement. Um, they, need, they need you to show up and, and give them a hug and, and, and say, you know, I'll, I'll help you this week with whatever you need. And the, Gaining that sense of what missionaries are really doing out in the field and then 
you know, watching and participating in, uh, you know, in helping others to bring the gospel to people who need it. Turn in your copy of God's Word or turn into your devices to Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke 24, verse 44. It's page 939 in the Pew Bible in front of you if you'd like to follow along in the uh, translation that I'm reading from. We're continuing our series as we begin this year to challenge us to ask the question, what's next? And as I said last year, oh, last week, excuse me, uh, that uh, it's not these big, profound questions that we've never asked before. It's what's next, or what is the next thing that we're being obedient in? What is the next thing that we know that we're supposed to be doing, but we have not done, and that we should be doing, that 2022 should be the year that we are doing these things? And we as a church have set out these runways to help us to be full-fledged disciples of Jesus Christ, that we might follow in the path of Jesus, and that we might grow in our faith. And one of those pathways is that we have said that we must go on mission with our partners. We're going to look at how the Bible teaches us about this and how we should be challenged to be faithful in this area. Beginning in verse 44 of Luke chapter 24, it reads this way. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to the understanding of the scriptures he also said to them this is what is written the messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at jerusalem you are witnesses of these things and look i am sending you what my father promised as for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. Heavenly Father, as we have just sang, God, put your word deep in us. Change our minds. Change our hearts. Change our lives. God, your word is truth. And God, it gives us life. Now give us life that looks more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Most of you know that when I was younger, my family owned a Christmas tree farm. And so every year from when I was in elementary school until I graduated high school, our summers and our Decembers, our Christmas time, was spent working on the Christmas tree farm in some way. In the summers, and fortunately, the hottest part of the year is when you're supposed to trim the trees. Uh, if you did not know, they do not naturally grow in that cone-pretty shape that, that, you, uh, that you get, that you actually have to trim them to look that way. When I was younger, my job was to top the tree, which is to, to choose the actual point of the Christmas tree and the strongest point and then and then top around it so that it, it's the, the lower branches and then uh, someone else would come back and trim the comb shape. And as I got older and stronger, that I then trimmed the rest of the tree. Well, you know, as a, as a teenager, 
uh, the work ethic was good because of what my, my dad portrayed to me, but I was a teenager, and I didn't want to spend my summers in the heat away from my friends and, not do, and doing work. And so when it would come to the beginning of the day, we had 15,000 trees that we had to, had to trim. And so I, I, would, I would have several different responses. One response would be to negotiate and to trim down the day's work. How about we only do three rows this today, Dad? How about, how about we only do three today? Or maybe, okay, Dad, how about five? Because I wanted to be done. I wanted to go play in the creek or play with my cousins. I wanted to get this done and over with. I tried to negotiate the work down. Then sometimes I would say, hey, Dad, how about, we, uh, how about we hire someone to do this? Uh, that was not, didn't go over well because then I got the whole speech of what, you know, the, the profit margins of a Christmas tree farm and how we couldn't afford to do that. And then, and then of course, when I would get really frustrated, it's, isn't this somebody else's job? Get somebody else just do that. And then that definitely didn't fall on very uh, welcoming ears. Well, that mindset that I had at the Christmas tree farm is often the same mindset as we as Christians and churches, unfortunately, sometimes look at the mission and the gospel and great commission of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we negotiate and think that the view of the great commission is small and manageable. We say, God, okay, well, only these people, God, only my friends and family, only this street, we should only focus on this place to reach people with Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ when we know that the view of the Bible is all of the nation. Some people look at it and say, well, can't we just hire people to do that? I mean, we, can't we just send missionaries and hire pastors to fulfill the Great Commission? Can't we do that instead of me, myself, being part of the Great Commission? And then one time I had a Christian say in a church, that actually had to say, the guts to say out loud that many people practically live out. They might not say it, but this person did. They actually said, can't that be somebody else's job, the Great Commission? Well, brothers and sisters, when we read the Bible, we know that the Great Commission is the mission and responsibility of every believer and the purpose of every New Testament church. There is no denying when you read the scriptures that we have been given a commission and purpose from Jesus himself to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. There is a version of the Great Commission in every gospel book and the book of Acts. And the whole Bible speaks to the mission purpose of every Christian. The Bible, we do not see any mission agency. We do not see any... It, any other work except for the Christian working amongst a local church fulfilling the great commission it is the role of what we see in the bible of local churches sending out missionaries and being a part of the great commission it is everybody's responsibility to be a part of carrying the gospel to another person so let us think about how we must take our next step on mission. Well, I think it's wise, and I know we'll learn more about this in our, our meal after the service, is let's think and define what missions 
or the word or term missions really means. The term missions means the work of the church or the Christian and reaching across cultural, religious, ethnic, or geographic barriers with the gospel to make disciples. It is reaching across a barrier with the gospel to fulfill the Great Commission. Evangelism is us sharing the gospel, but mission is crossing a barrier with that message of the gospel. Many times we get a little confused as well. Churches replace charity with mission. Charity as being generous or doing the work of, uh, of generosity to someone. But every time we know the work of mission is a avenue for the gospel. And so missions is going across a barrier with the gospel. So when we ask the question, what is next for you? Our question must be, are we taking our step to go and be active on mission? We as a church have purposefully set up Great Commission partners that you may go and go across barriers with the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. God has brought the gospel to you. You have been saved by the gospel. You've been saved by Jesus Christ. And knowing Jesus, then the gospel goes through you as you share with someone else to the ends of the earth. In the book of Luke, as we have read, Jesus reveals himself to the disciples after his resurrection. And in doing so, he explains to them the importance of the Great Commission that they must be part of and every believer to follow them. In this passage, I pray that we all, including myself, see the Great Commission as not mere suggestion, but the important purpose of our lives and our church. And in this passage, there are three important truths about the mission of Jesus Christ and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. First, we see the source of our mission is the word of God. The source of our mission is the word of God. Now, let me just say that if you were to get a recommendation about something, it relies heavily on who you get that from and that if you will follow through with it. Uh, let's just say that you were approached with someone you didn't know on the street and they just came up with you waving this little card in your in your face and saying, you know what you need to try this recipe I made it last night and it was delicious you need to take it right home and make it tonight after you called the police uh, you would consider, I don't know that I would take the recommendation of this person because you don't really know the person, you don't know their taste, you have no trust, you have no buildup, you have no trust in this person. Now, if some of the ladies here at Hebrew Baptist Church that have built a fine reputation on making very delicious things, cakes and, and cakes and, and meals, and we would, and they said, take this recipe home and make it. We would make it that night. We would probably make it as soon as we could because we know that it is reliable and valuable. 
Well, when we were given the Great Commission, Jesus himself proclaimed this word to us, and he pointed to God's very word. So if we are in any place that we should think about the global mission as the purpose of the local of every believer and the local church then we know we can be satisfied with the task because the foundation and the source of it is the very word of God as Jesus was resurrected and we read Luke's account of this we remember you will probably remember he revealed himself to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus and and they spent the night he he amazed them with his his understanding of the scripture and how it spoke of his death burial and resurrection and again just a few verses later we see that he revealed himself to the apostles and disciples he showed up and revealed himself in the room and he again spoke to them with such clarity of one that he was alive but then we read that he uh, that he all the things that are written to me in the law of Moses and prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled in verse 44 Jesus declared that the very word of God speaks to the resurrection and gospel truth of his death burial and resurrection but also to the mission of Christ to take the gospel to the ends of the earth that word must in the Greek word is also found in ch chapter 24 verse 7 and 26 which proclaims that God sovereignly put this plan in order that that it was God's sovereign purpose before there was time to reach the global world and all of the nations with his name and with his gospel. Brothers and sisters, Jesus pointed to the scriptures, and if we're ever in doubt what the local and what we understand as the global mission and purpose that we have in the Great Commission, all we need to do is turn to the scripture. And what we will find is this. No matter how high of our view of God is, it is too low. When you read the Bible, you will be amazed and your view of God will continue to rise because of this great, holy, wonderful, amazing creator God is worthy of all our praise and every time we think our mind has even come to understand how good and great he is we fall short of how truly great and good he is and when we see his magnificence we also get to see in the scriptures that his glory is important to him and that the very purpose of us as humanity and of the church is to fulfill his mission to fill the world with image bearers who worship him God created the world and as humans he created Adam and Eve to be the first image bearers that would worship and reflect his great name it was his purpose that they would multiply and fill the earth with image bearers worshiping his great name but we know they sinned and those image bearers decided, and we together decide not to reflect his greatness towards him. 
But God, who is rich in mercy, before the foundation of the earth, decided to redeem his people who are under sin, to redeem them with his love, to bring them to knowledge and faith of his son, to become worshipers once again, that all over the world, worshipers would worship the one true God. That his goal from the beginning is to redeem every tribe, nation, and tongue, every person on the face of the earth that might be God worshipers. In the Bible, we see this is his great purpose. Psalm 911 says, Sing to the Lord who dwells in Zion, proclaim his deeds among the nations. And we know towards the end of the story and in the end, we see that this is God's fulfillment of his plan in Revelation 7, 9, and 10. After I looked, there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And there were clothed in white robes, one... Uh, no one could number standing before the throne and before the lamb they were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb brothers and sisters that is the purpose of God to bring among him the nations and people who praise his name our mission is his mission and his mission is sourced in the word of god reflecting his desire that we might take hold of this this mission to redeem the world to praise his name make no doubt this is no philosophy that someone came up and was hatched in a back room somewhere this was birth before the foundation of the world by God himself so knowing this we have no excuse to be part of the global mission of God because God has given it to all believers to every church because it says so in the word of God and as we look at God's word then we start to understand a little more what is the purpose of this mission well, number two helps us to see this. The subject of our mission is Jesus and his work on the cross. In verse 46, Jesus said, and he said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations. About 20 years ago now, I went, uh, I've been many times to New York City, but it was about 20 years ago, I remember this. About that time, it was the first Disney store on Fifth Avenue. It was a beautiful, majestic, three or four story tall that you could get all your Mickey wear, your Disney stuff that you ever dreamed. But it was being the first, you could tell designed by Imagineers and art animation, every detail from knobs to walls to everything you could tell was designed specifically for this store. It has since closed down and they reduced probably because of retail cost. But in that one store, when you went, you could tell there was a secret place that was reserved for special people. There was a special elevator that said only for cast members 
and or special guests. I thought that was weird. And then inside there was this cool little spiral staircase that was marked off and there was somebody standing there and and I knew something was nice about it and I really wanted to see what was up there. And so I kind of started asking around and kind of, you know, this is before really the yeah, sad enough to say that was before the iPhone uh, was, was, was made. But, uh, and I, so I couldn't really Google it and find out, so I kind of sniffed around and asked. And, and we found out that there was a special designed space that people could rent out specifically for meetings and or like wedding receptions. And I was like, man, if this store looks this good, imagine what it's like up there. So me and my friend, we were on a, a, a trip through college. We decided to portray a engaged couple looking for an event location. And so we said, you know, we've been thinking about looking for a place. Could, could we look to see what this is like? Oh, sure. Let me get somebody from the back. And so this person came from the back and we went, we got escorted up there and we got shown around this. I mean, it was really cool. It had some really cool artifacts and some really nice place. And we got to be, and we just felt cool because we're like, very few people could get up here. Well, if you're willing to pay the money, you could, but, but there was very little access to this area. We know that you had to fit a small or certain profile to enter. Well, brothers and sisters, in the same way, when we know that we're dead in our sin, separated from God, the only way to salvation and through redemption in heaven is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus helped to see the goal of his coming and the message of us going is in the message of Jesus Christ the Son who died for our sins and rose again. There's only way to be, be qualified through acceptance of a holy God and that is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus explained to the apostles that it is this way for salvation, this message of the gospel, that those who repent and believe on him can be saved is the message and the purpose of mission. It is exclusive, but it is life-changing. It is us understanding the gospel that has saved us that we get to carry to the ends of the earth. Martin Lloyd-Jones observed to uh, exclusive exclusivity of the gospel being this our lord goes on to say that salvation and deliverance from our estranged position estranged from god and under the condemnation of god and his holy law is only possible for us through one person and our lord even narrows that it is through the one person crucified jesus christ and him crucified we need to understand that it is this Jesus that is the message for us to take to the world. And there's three things that we need to be made sure clear in this gospel message. First of all, it is Christ had to suffer and rise again for the, uh, for, and so that those may repent and receive forgiveness for their sins. The main subject of the entire Bible is the redemption through Jesus Christ. 
that God was sending a redeemer to pay for sins that they could be reconciled to a holy God. And Jesus made it clear that the Messiah must suffer, must die, and must rise again for this to be possible. If anyone could have thought that good works was a way to be able to get to heaven, if there was any way that someone might think that they could pay their way to heaven, Jesus crushed that desire and dream right there because he says it is only possible through my work on the cross for someone to be saved. It is Jesus dying a death so that we might be pardoned for our sins and that it is accepted by God by him raising him from the dead that through that those acts of his death, burial, and resurrection that we might receive forgiveness of sins. Therefore, to receive salvation, it is not faith in our works, it is not faith in our status, it is not faith in our family, but it is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Secondly, we must also declare repentance to the world. True Christian repentance involves a heartfelt conviction of sin, a sorrow over the offense to God, a turning away from a sinful life, and turning away, turning towards a God-honoring way of life. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said all repentance for forgiveness of sins must be proclaimed. You see, genuine repentance is not simply just a rethinking of one's relationship with God. It's not merely coming to the idea that God possibly might exist. It isn't even coming to the idea that I don't want the consequence of my sin. Repentance is understanding that we have grieved a holy God in our sin, that we are separated from him, and that we have first offended him. The Bible says godly sorrow leads to repentance. That we have offended him. And once we understand that we, that we have offended God, we look to God for the answer through his son, Jesus Christ, knowing that there is no other way to salvation. One sincere pursuit of faithful embrace leads to repentance, and that leads to the greatest blessing of all, forgiveness. We must call out to the world to repent to follow God so they might be forgiven. But thirdly, we must see this, that it is in our obedience to the great commission and the great gospel is that the, is God who does the work to understanding and bringing faith. It says in verse 45, Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We need to be reminded our part in the great commission is proclaiming the gospel, declaring the gospel, calling people to repent and believe. But it is God's work to do the saving. The Bible reveals to us that things that are spiritually discerned can only come through the work of the Spirit. And unfortunately, because we have been spiritually blinded, we are unable to see the light of the gospel except through and by the glory of God. No amount of clever salesmanship or persuasive argument 
can lift spiritual blindness. Can God use it? Absolutely. But it is all the work of God himself who brings life to the heart. So as we share the gospel, we get to know this, that when we go with the perfect message, we also have the perfect helper, the Spirit of God, who is working with us. As we share the gospel, we must pray that God would open the person's mind to the truth of his word. So we know this wonderful, good message that we have is our purpose to share. So then thirdly, we see this message. What is the scope? Well, the scope of our mission is the whole world. The scope of our mission is the whole world. Jesus says that we, he had to take and preach this name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Now, the disciples initially, when they heard this, stumbled over this commission. They seemingly thought it was taking the name of Jesus to the Jews who live in Diaspora or in other nations. They thought it was an exclusive message to the, the Jews. And so you even see an international Jewish flavor in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2. But it was in Acts chapter 10 through 15 that the disciples came to understand what the whole Bible, the whole scripture, and what Jesus had declared was that, no, it's not just for the Jews, but the whole world. That the whole world needed to hear of Christ who had died, who was buried and rose again. It was the whole world. This message is for all of humanity. And so that the message of the gospel is that we go to all the world and all nations. John Piper says, he says, God is pursuing with omnipotent passion a worldwide purpose of gathering joyful worshipers for himself from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He has an inexhaustible enthusiasm for the supremacy of his name among the nations. Therefore, let us bring our affections into line with his, and for the sake of his name, let us renounce the quest for worldly comforts and join his global purpose. Brothers and sisters, that should set our hearts on fire for the glory of God to every person. That should melt any area of, of, of prejudice or, or any other thing that we might think to the rest of the world doesn't deserve the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, that is the heart of God that all nations proclaim him that we as God's people should reach out that more people would be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is our goal to be part of God's mission for his world. And we have the scope of all nations. Therefore, our first and primary way of being obedient to the call of missions is going ourselves. That is why we as a church scholarship people to go with our partners, both here in the United States, across culture here, but also across culture to the rest of the world. Today at our missions uh, luncheon, you will hear about our partners. We go to Salt Lake City because we are going across a barrier to Salt Lake City that is steeped in a false gospel cult and has turned people away from the true gospel. That we get to go and help the church there that is pushing back the darkness by proclaiming the true gospel. 
We also would hear about our partners in London. They have access, though yes, they are English speaking, but they have been darkened by the secular age. Many of them are from other nations. There in the midst of London, there is uh, supposedly known the most languages in the world is spoken there in the inner part of London. And there's more access there to Muslim and Sikhs and other faiths that they might hear the gospel, that they might then go back to their nations and their home places to share the gospel. We desire to fulfill the Great Commission by going with one of our partners to be equipped and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we do so by partnering with churches committed to the Great Commission. When we go on a mission trip, we don't go around just throwing gospel seed, hoping that something might sprout up. Instead, we work hand in glove or hand in hand with a local church. We do so to support them, encourage them, and help them as they the church. Because part of the Great Commission is raising disciples. And that happens through a local church. And the good news is, is that God has created this wonderful partnership because we learn from them as much as they learn from us. That we get to partner to be better at sharing the gospel when we get home in northern Kentucky. Mission ministry of the church is fueled by the Great Commission and of God. And it is necessary for us as also a church to fulfill the Great Commission both here and to the nation. There should be no hindrance to any person, no matter the age, to be part of the missions ministry to fulfill the Great Commission. College students, you might need to talk and consider taking a semester off that you might be able to go and support missions overseas or support a missionary or church before you go in to college uh, education. Retired couples, maybe take too, as you begin your retired uh, life to support a local church by living on the mission field and supporting that church as they fulfill the Great Commission. There are many ways that many of us in all ways can fulfill the Great Commission. And some of us, God is calling to move and be on the mission field full time, just as our family, the Richards, did. God is calling and moving some of you to take his call and to help and maybe even pastor among people groups or to take mission work and encourage pastors by helping that fulfill the Great Commission. Whatever your age, whatever you do, don't think the Great Commission is too big and not in your grasp. If you tell Pastor Mark, I want to go on the mission field, he will make sure you go and there is something for you to do. Even if your part is going and praying and sharing the gospel with people in a hotel room or in a local area, you are being part of the Great Commission. If you're going and supporting a missionary by helping missionaries have some respite time as they go get training or even for them to have a date night because they don't have support on the field, that is supporting the Great Commission work. You must be part of of the fuel that goes to the Great Commission, and that is you going and helping others go. 
Of course, if you can't for a period of time in your life go, you should be faithful in sending and helping people go. And of course, in doing so, as the church, we must be create, uh, committed to the Great Commission. Brothers and sisters, to be clear, another element of our spiritual discipline helps the Great Commission, and that is our faithfulness in giving our money to the church. If you are not giving, you are not participating in the global missionary movement. Money fuels the Great Commission. It sends missionaries, it provides for missionaries, it helps missionaries. If you're not giving, you're not helping people be equipped for the mission field. If you're not giving, we cannot send. So we as a church network, we know that we are doing it locally, but also we know we do so through, do so through the cooperative program. Our network of churches supplies and fulfills 4,500 missionaries across the globe, the largest Protestant sending denomination in the world. And we're proud to send those people to fulfill the Great Commission. But it must be funded through the faithfulness of God's people. But as we know that God is calling us to go, and that is our next step in our lives, to go on mission with our partners. Let me ask you today that you might consider this year to go with one of our partners on the mission field. What is your next step? Well, your next step is to go, in some way to go on mission. This year, we'll be sending teams to London and to Salt Lake City. Consider how you might go. Consider how you might be part of being a Great Commission Christian. Consider how you might be part of this. Brothers and sisters, many times we think about the Great Commission as doing something for someone else. But did you hear what Rhonda said in her video? She said the person most changed on the mission trip was herself. When you go on a mission trip, you learn to depend on the Spirit differently and more than you ever have in your life. You have spent time being trained and equipped that you might know and be able to share the gospel. Being on mission is growing in maturity in your faith in Jesus Christ. And it helps you in your personal walk with Jesus as you go. That is why we are committed as this, as both missions being a part of the Great Commission, but also being discipleship as believers grow in our faith. So brother, sister, what is your next step? I wonder if you might be able to pray this prayer of David Brenierd. Dave Brenierd was an American missionary to the Native Americans and did a great work of the Delaware Indians in New Jersey. His diary and his works about his faith have inspired thousands of missionaries, pastors, and Christians to be faithful to the Great Commission. Maybe it might be an inspiration to you to read his works, but this is what he prayed. Can you pray this way? Here I am. Send me. Send me to the ends of the earth. Send me to the rough the savage pagans of the wilderness. Send me from all that is called comfort on earth. Send me even to death itself, if it be 
but in thy service and to promote thy kingdom. May that be your prayer. May that be mine. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we see the mission of God that you have given us. May we be faithful. God, as we have talked about your global mission, I pray that everyone here and watching and listening at home have heard the gospel message that Jesus saves. And maybe today is the day that they begin mission by accepting by faith the work of Jesus Christ on the cross for them. That they may repent and believe in your great name and that they may go to share that gospel with others. I pray that that would be the passion of our hearts and be the passion of our church that we would fulfill this great commission in our obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as we commit these things to the Lord and commit our lives to him in response and as we sing together, we're going to sing the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I, I don't remember if I've explained this, so if I have, um, um, you'll just hear it again. The song was, if you're if, if it were, if you were reading it in your hymnal, um, the author would be listed as Garo Christians. That's not a person named Garo Christians. That's a tribe of people who were reached with the gospel and changed radically. And it's a tribe surrounded by headhunting and cannibalistic tribes. So when they wrote this song together, when they said, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, that may have very well cost them their lives. They could be killed and possibly even eaten for the gospel. So as we sing this song, I pray that we would feel that same level of importance and understanding of what the cost is to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Would you stand to your feet?
couple of quick things before we leave today. We strongly encourage you to come join us at our missions luncheon right following this service. We know that we'll have plenty of food, so you come. Even if you weren't able to bring something today, come and join us uh, just for the fellowship, but also to hear about our partners and mission partners uh, and our mission strategy. So we'd love to have you there after our service today. Uh, but also a reminder of something important coming up in the next few weeks on February 4th to the 6th. This is our mentor conference. Uh, last week you saw a video of uh, Linda Van Dyke, who was part of our discipleship uh, trios that have been going on, our discipleship groups that have been going on. And uh, we hope that this year, one of the steps that you take, and we'll be talking about that a lot that weekend, is to be getting in relationships that you're uh, growing in Christ together, discipling with a small group. And, and so mentoring conference is designed to help train you and encourage us to be a part of mentoring or being in these small discipleship groups together. Dr. Chuck Lawless, who is the VP uh, and pres uh, professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, is coming to speak. And this will be Friday night, 7 to 8.30, Saturday morning, 9 to 11.30. And uh, Dr. Lawless will preach that Sunday morning service as well. We encourage you to be in all of those. Uh, there will be child care for those. And so if you need child care for that, please let us know. Uh, but we enc strongly encourage you to be part of this weekend. And next week, you'll be learning more about it as we get closer. But we strongly hope that you will set aside that weekend to be a part of that important weekend. We're launching kind of this new runway. We took, took that as a goal of ours uh, a year or so ago, and we're officially launching this new uh, pathway uh, this year. And so we hope that you will be a part as we launch this and focus us as individuals in a church on mentoring one another. As you leave, if you have not done so, like last week, uh, got a baby bottle to fill up. Uh, that is to support the New Hope Center. The New Hope Center's ministry is to support crisis pregnancy and families, uh, those who are deciding about the future of their baby, but even looking for support. Uh, their, their ministry is a wonderful ministry. I think so highly of them. And so if you could support them, Take one of those baby bottles, fill it up with change, pocket change, between now and fe February 13th is when you return it. So think of it as a Valentine's, a love gift for a local ministry. And, and so I encourage you to grab one of those on your way out uh, today if you have not done so. Uh, collect that money and then bring it back on February 13th. Today we're going to be going down to our lunch, so we hope to see you down there. Guests, if you are here, good to meet you. We'll see you at the Next Steps desk if you have any decisions or things that you'd like to talk to a pastor about. I'll be there, uh, but we hope that you, had a, uh, that you have a great day and you go out ringing in your ears how you might fulfill the Great Commission in your life. God bless. Splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, in 
When darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great 